My breast smells like fish, doesn't it? <laughs> this is the BAM Creative Show with Jess, Josh and Rich. Hi everybody, welcome to episode 39 of the BAM Creative Show. We're your hosts, uh, Jess, Josh, your Jess, and uh, Rich. But Josh is not here because Josh just had a baby, so congratulations Josh. Yay, muzzle. Yay. Sending our love. I <laughs> know he doesn't say muzzle. <laughs> Nostrovia, I don't know. Something like that. What does he always say when he's like... He has this phrase that um, he always gives thanks or something to something, but I don't... Gumbe or something like that. Gumbe. Gumbe, yeah. That's it. I hope that's not <laughs> offensive. It's like a toast when he's going to drink, but he doesn't drink, so I don't know. Yeah. So, gumbe. Gumbe to, to Josh. Yeah. Anyway. And his, and his family. <laughs> and I can hear Morgan in the background there laughing. <laughs> um, Hi, Morgan. <laughs> Morgan can be our producer for this episode. <laughs> And basically, the role of a producer is not to say anything. Yeah. Unless spoken to. No, we need help, basically. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're missing Josh and we feel a little bit like... Joshless. Joshless. Mm. Like, my heart's missing. It's also been a long time since we recorded. It's it been... has been because there's been a baby being... Being happening. Grown. And then, you know, yeah. Stuff going on. So, uh, but we're back. I like watching you try and carry this. This is great. Because normally I'm carrying it and you, I feel you do so carry much pressure. So well. Um, and watching you is great. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just here so far. chilling out, just <laughs> talking into the microphone, Jess. But uh, we just do actually, Friday, we do, hey, we do hey. have some things prepared. <laughs> so what are we going to, the main focus on today is uh, six common website redesign mistakes. I think I added a few more at the end. So you we did. Might, we might, uh, we might have to amend the that. The ship could capsize. Yeah. We could have more. by. But basically, we just want to like overload you with so much information that when you're redesigning your website, you take all these points into account um, and, yeah, try and avoid them. Because it's <laughs> a big it's process, bad. right? It's um, it, yeah. once, once you start it out down whatever path you choose, uh, you sort of, you, if you realise that you made a mistake early on, uh, you get that sinking feeling in your stomach and you realise maybe, yeah you should have taken a few more steps to prevent that sort of thing. So mm. we're going to try and help you out. Yep. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to go through some Facebook news because poor Facebook. Poor, poor Facebook. Poor Facebook. <laughs> That's where I was going. Pacey. Poor Pacey. They're having a hard time and... Um, yeah. <laughs> no, they really are. They are. They are. Um, okay. So I've put a few notes together here. I just thought I'd quickly hijack your website redesign um, podcast with some... How dare you some Facebook stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll breeze through that quickly and then we can get back to the actual uh, main topic. But um, yeah, just an update for marketers out there. Um, if you weren't aware, uh, it's now possible to view your competitors' ads uh, that are, they're running on Facebook. That's pretty cool. It's fantastic. Yeah, I've seen that the other day. It was pretty awesome actually. It's, it's really good for doing some research. Mm -hmm. um, so you just literally type in their um, Facebook page name. When you arrive on their page, there's a new tab on the sidebar. Um, is info and ads. You click on that, you see all their ads. It's, it's pretty simple. Bear in mind they can see your ads as well, um, but it's, it's probably not a bad thing to be informed on what your competitors are doing at any one time. Why are they doing that? I think this is all part of uh, sort of a global um, increase in transparency. Uh, there is uh, obviously mm. with GDPR and all of that sort of thing, there's a lot of um, pressure um, for that sort of thing. Um, as a side note, uh, Twitter have uh, created a new platform called the Ads Transparency Centre allows you to do exactly the same thing. You go there, you type in a company's name, you can see all the ads they're running. So I think it's it's just about, um, I think, ensuring mm. that a, any given company is not selectively targeting certain groups of people 
to see ads that, you know, might be sort of unconscionable on a sort of a broader scale. Mm-hmm. So they can't hide anymore, basically. Mm. So they'll get called out. So it's, I guess it's just crowdsourcing yeah. that kind of a moderation mm-hmm. uh, rather than just relying on Facebook to manually approve them. That's, that's my theory. Oh, okay. Well, I like that idea because it'd be kind of cool, like, when we're doing our own ads and things like that. Mm. We can just go sneaky, look oh, at competitors and, completely. you know, steal their ideas and they can steal ours and <laughs> we'll just go out of business together. I don't know. Like, <laughs> No, but I mean, you know, I think it would oh. be a cool thing. Like, they've already done yeah. the hard work, so we might as well just... Yeah. Well, I mean, if we were going to talk about redesigning a website, would you ever consider looking at what your competitors' websites look like it as a starting point? Totally. Yeah. And if, if you don't, that's one of the mistakes. Oh, shit. That's point one. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I just, it actually wasn't in there. But oh, well, we'll quickly add that to the doc. <laughs> it's all right. Um, so that that's that. I thought I'd just quickly... Um, Drop that one in there because I'm sure it, it will be useful for someone if they haven't found it already. Mm. Um, I've got a few more articles as well, just uh, over the last two weeks. So a bit out of date, I but I did want to talk about them before they got too old. Um, Facebook ad interactions have dropped 20%. Is that because less people are using Facebook now? Facebook have, uh, yeah, have noticed a bit of a decline uh, in their numbers. They've sort of saturated um, a lot of their markets and had a bit of a dip in Europe because of this GDPR thing, mm. but but no, I don't I don't believe that's like directly attributable uh, to it, which is interesting. Um, so this article was published by the Next Web. Um, we'll have a link in the show notes if you want to read more. It's quite interesting, uh, and there's just a few key points. So um, yeah, basically over the last three months, uh, there has been a twenty percent drop in ad interactions, um, according to Facebook's own insights tool, uh, and it shows that a typical global user now clicks on a median of eight adverts per month, down from ten. Maybe they're just getting smarter. Could be. Um, and coincidentally, the next article I have mentions that the price per ad on its platforms increased 17% during the same quarter. So that was f- basically from, from April to, to end of July. So um, it's interesting. Um, but the next significant data point uh, really uh, it took me by surprise. In the 11 years since Facebook launched Pages, Facebook's insight data shows that a typical global user has only ever liked a median of one Facebook page in all the time they've ever been on Facebook. You know what the worst thing is? When your friends recommend pages for you to like. Yeah. And you're like, no. It's almost like when they say, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Let's hang out. Um, How about 2 p.m. on a Saturday at this coffee shop? And you're like, thanks for ruining my weekend. But this is like, thanks for ruining Mm. my Facebook feed. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to do that. That's kind of what I like to do. <laughs> no, completely. 100%. And think of all the, the money that, that goes into, you know, getting page likes. I know, right? But then if you're advertising to them, you might be reaching people who aren't part of that group anyway. You still yeah. have to pay the money. So what was the, what was the point? I actually very recently went through and unliked all of the pages that I liked mm. on Facebook. Um Partially because I think there's just way too much information out there and I'm trying to streamline that information. So obviously I don't use Instagram. Mm. As you know, I I killed Instagram personally for myself. On Twitter, I went through and unfollowed or muted a bunch of people. Don't worry. I'm still listening to what you're saying. I actually get notifications Mm. when you tweet. And once you you tweeted and I thought you actually wrote to me. (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, So don't worry. Um, but basically, cause I just, I, I don't like that. I can see like Donald Trump, blah, yeah. like it's all very sad and I don't care. Um, and also I can't make a difference. And the other thing is, is like, yeah, on Facebook, it's just like, I just don't, 
I want to know more about what my friends are saying and not really about pages. So. That's that's in line with what yeah. the changes they've been making to their algorithm. Uh, they say they have been over the last few months. Yeah. Like, toning that, that down um, yeah. and focusing on the family. Yeah, I, I, I'd say I've seen a bit of a shift in that as well. Mm. So, interesting. Yeah, so it's it's actually been really nice to not be inundated with lots of content that I don't yeah. really like I didn't need that content in the yeah. first place and mm. if I really want that content I'll just go out and look for it rather than just being constantly served with yep no, that's sales good. and people being outraged on things and you know whatever which is I just think it's a bit toxic really that's good and um I mean I think that works really well with uh the next the final article I've got for us today which yep. is uh is from Wired uh and it shows that Facebook is investing uh in fixing Issues, fake news, um, all these sort of um, issues uh, people have with the platform that, that sort of came to a head with the Cambridge Analytica yep. um, saga that we've documented on various podcasts today. Um, but anyway, the story goes to show that um, Facebook are proving more committed to repairing people's faith and experiences in the platform than that might have been expected, um, and it's actually gonna, they're going to take quite a quite a significant revenue hit. Um, mm. Basically, um, the 2017 ratio of operated earnings to revenue was 57%. The CFO expects that to drop to the mid 35% range uh, by the end of this year. Now, the fallout from that was their stock, which has already taken a bit of a beating, took a further 20% dive um, based on that news. But personally, I think it's very encouraging to see that Facebook Mm. are showing they're in it for the long haul and they're taking the steps um, required to ensure the longevity of the the platform. Um, Don't know if you've seen the Facebook bus shelter ads. I have actually. I've seen a lot of them. It's like, we're changing the way we do things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Fake I, news is not our friend. Yeah. I mean, I understand why people are like, why is Facebook? I've, I've actually seen ads on TV as well. Yeah. Um, and I understand why people are wondering why they're mm. going into traditional media, but that's how to reach the world, right? I so, never expected to see it. Yeah. And here we are. We're seeing that. Um, yeah. So you're right. Yeah, it's been pretty interesting to watch, actually. I was just Googling to see if Analytica was actually a word, like Metallica, (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff, but it's actually not a real word. I was just, oh, it's a programming language. There you go. Thanks, Google. I don't know what kind of programming language. Oh, written in C. Okay. Just wondering. As a side note, the article mentions that while um, Facebook believe Messenger and WhatsApp are showing promise as new platforms for advertisers, uh, they don't see them contributing meaningfully uh, to Facebook's bottom line for a few more years. Oh, really? Mm. Mm, I guess it's sort of chicken and egg, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, So I wanted to put it out there. uh, People finding that their Facebook ads are losing their former traction. Mm. Anyone noticed any of that sort of thing? And what other platforms are you considering using, uh, maybe shifting the budget to? So uh, if you've got any... uh, Points you want to uh, send in, um, let us know at podcast at bam.com.au. Here's a question for you, though. Sure. Have you noticed it, specifically on a lot of our campaigns? Yeah. I mean, it is always difficult to know because you'll see month-to-month variations that are often quite hard to uh, attribute. But, Mm. yeah, I I would say I've seen things get more expensive. Sure. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Mm. Get on your Facebook now, people, while it gets more and more expensive. Well, thanks for letting me hijack that. So um, on to our main feature, Jess. Six. Uh, let me just do a quick recap. Six to maybe 37 common website redesign mistakes. I see four. <laughs> well, you've already listed okay. another one, so we're can only I, down one. Morgan, we're going to need to... say, <laughs> in my defence, I started writing notes, and as I'm writing notes, <laughs> my document is jumping mm-hmm. all over the screen because I was trying to, like, create a flow. Mm. 
It was that because I was Which talking about Which is now broken because I'm talking about how I'm creating a flow. But yeah, it was that because was you were, yeah, writing it. Did you see how gracious I was to write it all in like an external application and then just do one paste in and the, then just you, do a few tweaks? You did a huge dump in my document, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I confess. Yeah, that was awesome. You ruined it. So I started, as you can see, I started writing notes and then I just left it as I saw you adding and I was like, oh my God. And I just like, let you continue. It's just better to let you continue. Well, I've continued now. So we're going to need to make this up as we go along. So I added a few extra points to your um, your 5.5 common website redesign mistakes. So should we start from the top and we'll just just work it out and see how it goes. Between us, Mm -hmm. like your... 21 right and i'm 20 so but between us we've had how many years experience in doing websites Uh, well 40 a lot 41 41 years (laughs) well i think i've had i think i've had (laughs) i was typing analytica when i popped out (laughs) i think i've I've been doing websites since (laughs) i was 12 so that means i've been doing websites for 21 years i'm 33 we established that earlier this year you've been doing Mm. websites for how long all right so I was 17. Yep. And I'm now, what am I? You're 34. I'm 35. I've been doing it for 18 years. You're 35. And you had a birthday mm. and I forgot. There was cake and everything. I can't believe it. Mm. You're 35. That's so right. There'll be other ones. websites for almost 20 years. Over half my life. So together right. we've been doing websites for just a long time. There's no time for maths in this episode. And Do you even need a website, Jess? It's, it's literally point one. But what I'm trying to say is that we've done a lot of websites. We've yeah. done a lot of redesigns in our time. Yeah. And this is like the common sort of yeah. design mistakes or redesign mistakes that we've come across. Oh, it's really easy. It's really them. easy. So in Photoshop, you get your slice tool and you just export it to a table. All right. And then in Dreamweaver, you can do a little rollover effect. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. That's that's actually number one through to a thousand of all the website redesign mistakes and just website oh, except design mistakes. If you want a quote unquote WYSIWYG editor, head on over to GeoCities. All right. And you can just drag whatever you want. No. Crickets, I know. Crickets. It's Wix now, right? Uh, Word basically the same thing. Word space? Word. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming, Richard. Just let me. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so let's just say number one is failing to plan. Would you say that that's a pretty significant oh. issue here? I mean, it's not reviewing your goals, doing a website redesign just for the hell of doing a website redesign. I know because you started. See, I started this a flow. This is a complete mess. I know. I start. This isn't a mess. This is you. I started a flow. So failing to plan, number one. It's a pretty serious. You ruined my plan. Yeah. I was planning anyway. Number one is failing to plan. Yeah, you're right. Because we get a lot of either phone calls or people saying, I started doing my new website and help me. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you please fix it? It's like, well, did you, first of all, let's go like a thousand steps back and mm. think, did you actually plan? Like, why did you need a website redesign in the first place? Yeah. Did it match your organizational goals? Is your current web design or website not meeting your goals is it taking you too long to update things mm-hmm. um therefore you're paying you know someone lots of money you know these yeah. kinds of things is it because your website is becoming harder to use for your audience and therefore you're losing traffic are these sorts of things like you know not meeting your goals mm. and it's 
these kinds of things you really need to think about before you think, oh, well, it's been a couple of years since we've had our website redone. Let's just redo it again. Because sure. then you're also just spending money on something and you can't really even like quantify whether it's worth spending that money. Then I feel like the temptation will be to just start, pick a starting point and then sort of branch out from there yeah. and make it up as you go along, mm-hmm. which basically means you're not mapping it back to the things that you just mentioned there. So you've got to yeah. put, you've got to separate concerns. You've got to put yourself in different buckets. There are your own business goals, but there is also your users and what they want out of what you're providing. And they're both, you know, they go hand in hand, but in, in different ways. Um, and then you just, yeah, like to your point, there are lots of components to a website that may or may not actually um, have relevance to your organization. So maybe you don't need to update the content. That's possible. Maybe you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, there are strategies that need to be taken into account, um, you know, social strategies, SEO strategies, all of those sorts of things that you might not be thinking about if you just, yeah, boot up Wix, start typing. So I think you're 100% right. The worst. Yeah. That is the worst. (laughs) Not ideal. But if you've got a plan, you could basically, you can validate and ratify the decisions you make at any point to go, Mm. am I still on track? Yeah. Because that's all you can do. You can can give yourself the best shot. And then if you've got that plan, then when you've uh, actually launched the project, you'll be... (laughs) Able to know if it was a success or not yeah. by whether it's meeting those goals you just mentioned. So. Yeah, that's it. That was good. Good point one. Uh, the next biggest mistake is ignoring existing data. Or not having data. Or not having data <laughs> at all, which is like pretty bad. I mean, if, I guess that's the thing too is like, um, we've actually encountered a lot of, say, redesigns mm-hmm. and then the previous. Um, their previous website actually didn't have any analytics on it at all. So Mm. the thing with that is like we might be planning redoing the website, but in that time it's still really good to have analytics set up on the old website so we can actually see like how people are using the website, how long they're staying on there for, how they're interacting with the content, Mm -hmm. um, if they're just sort of jumping from the website. Also um, little things like keywords, for example, like, if those keywords are showing up in Google rankings, but people aren't actually clicking on those pages mm. and going through, then we're actually also able to see like, okay, maybe that content needs to be rewritten. Maybe it's not answering questions for the user. So we'd actually implement that into the design. Mm. So it's really important to have that data like ready to go. Cause that should actually really inform mm. the new design. If you're not taking into account any data at all. It's almost like going in blind. Mm. You may as well completely. just shoot yourself in the foot. No, no, completely. <laughs> you can't plan around something you don't know. No, exactly. Mm. I mean, it's interesting because we're in the midst of like redoing our website. And Ooh, I know I alert. And when I say we're in the midst, it's, gotta happen it's now. probably about 12 months in the midst, but it's happening. <laughs> it's really ramping up and though in the last yeah. Yeah, days. it has <laughs> been. But what we're doing is using our existing website to inform the redesign like mm. very heavily. And we're learning of the mistakes of our, well, it's not really mistakes, but it's just like areas of improvement, mm. weaknesses that we can improve upon with the new website by looking at the data, how many people are going to that page, how many people are converting, all those Mm. kinds of things. So that's really important. Now I've talked, you go. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's good. Um, So ignoring, eh, I want to scroll back up to point 1.1 that was in the top one because I like that, that this leads, uh, this leads directly into that, which Mm -hmm. is glossing over the content and information architecture. Now, basically, I think you just alluded to it there. Yes. Um, quite often, um, well, I think it's a good thing 
to look at the existing page structure of your website and question whether or not it is actually the right way to do things. Mm. Um, and a, quite often there isn't enough content um, anyway, so you, you probably need to expand it. But you can also restructure it in a way that makes more sense. Uh, and I, I mentioned before about the, um, the different users that you might have. You can mm. treat each of them as a, as a persona. Uh, and you can use maybe card sorting, that sort of thing, as a technique to go, right, um, this person typically wants to find this item of content on the website. Are they going to struggle or are they going to be able to find it because we've, we've structured things in a logical way? So looking at the data, um, basically, yeah, it gives you insights into the sort of pages and the, the, the type of content that people typically want and allows you to make you know, a more educated guess when you're resorting it. Yeah, definitely. I, it's interesting to see how many people come to us and content is actually the last thing on their minds. They're just like, you know, we need to design and um that's really number that's the next point but yeah it, it's funny how they they kind of brush over content and it's like well actually content is also the most important and one of the common things that i see a lot is um clients content is about themselves yeah they're like this oh. is our product this is us. trap number one this is how you can con well no trap number one was not planning but that's fine <laughs> but you know what i mean like it's all about them and then it's like, well, how come I'm not getting any inquiries? Mm. How come I'm not getting phone calls? And it's like, well, you actually haven't even taken mm. that previous data about your content, mm -hmm. how people, your people, the audience is mm. actually using it and you're not taking into consideration, well, you're not taking them into consideration in your, in your content at all. People don't want to go to your website to read endless pages about you and your awards and how you're amazing. Mm. They want to go, well, what can you do for me? I have these problems. Yeah. How can you solve them for me? And um, that's a really big focus in content as well. So people tend to ignore that. It content is, usually comes last, which is odd to me. It is very difficult to put yourself in the mindset of your consumer. You're always being yeah. very objective uh, and you're not, you, you actually, your brain is not doing the same things that it does when you are actually a consumer looking for a product on someone else's website going, why is this so difficult? Mm. You're in a completely different zone. Yeah. Sometimes being a web designer, I feel like, like I'm just going to go all the way back here just to like give it some context. But in Law & Order, I'm talking like original <laughs> Law & Order. I'm not talking like SVU. I'm not talking criminal intent. I'm talking like, you know, old school. I'm talking Jerry Orbach. Mm -hmm. I'm talking Detective Logan. Yeah. But they're detectives. But I'm talking about the lawyers now, okay? So the lawyers will always be like, I speak for the dead. I speak for the victims when they can't. As a web designer, I kind of feel like I speak for the victims where they cannot, but not like the victims of bad websites, yeah. right? Yeah. So being like an in-house designer mm -hmm. at a few places, my my internal stakeholders would be mm. like, would actually give me feedback and go, no, I want the website to be like hot and sexy. Literally, that's yeah. feedback that I've had. Um, shiny, glossy. Well, we have recently like. seen websites, clients <laughs> put together that have, I would say, almost scantily clad ladies just right at the top. We yeah. have seen that. Yeah, we have seen that. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, like, ding, 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 ding. Um, but I, I would actually be like, no, but your users aren't there to see your hot, glossy, mm. sexy website. They're actually there because they want to get something done. They want something answered. They want something yeah. solved. And you talking about how great you are mm. doesn't do any of that. So even though a client comes to us and says they want a website, I want to service them, of course, because it's their website. But 
we also have experience and understand that we're kind of trying to speak for the end user. So what we would recommend yeah. and what we would say, this is all about, you know, yeah, speaking for them really. You've got a point here, uh, 0.2a, um, only focusing on the design. I'm not sure if that was Which meant. was, that was my number four. Oh, that's number four now, is it? Because oh, I would I like know. to say, yeah, just, just yeah. chipping in there, what yeah. you just said, like, um, just focusing on the aesthetic, mm. um, I have this sort of purist twinge where whenever anyone says design and they mean the, the visual aesthetic, <laughs> I, I yeah. just have to arc up and be like, what are you talking about? Not yeah. the same thing. Everything on that website should have a purpose, mm -hmm. should have a function. Mm -hmm. um, really, you shouldn't sweat the details as far as I'm concerned in terms of how it, it obviously it has to look um, appropriate. Yep. Um, but above all, uh, it should be functional. Yeah, exactly right. It's like, yeah, you can be doing a redesign. And of course, people, because the word design isn't redesign, I get mm. that. Um, but the design, the actual visual aesthetic, as you were saying, is, is well, not you, as you were saying, but, you know, mm. the visual aesthetic of it is actually a very small fraction. And if you're only really doing a website redesign mm. because you're literally thinking about how it looks, then that's probably not the reason why you should be doing a redesign in the first place. Completely. It should be because you yep. want it to be able to meet up with your organizational goals because, the, and your organizational mm. goals may be internal, but the external ones would be, you know, increasing leads, increasing sales, Completely. increasing brand awareness, attributing to your message, those kinds of things, not because you want it to look amazing. And the flip side of that, <laughs> um, again, you mentioned the content. If you are writing content to match your design, you're doing it backwards. Mm -hmm. So you do need to plan the content before you plan the design, it, you know, best case scenario. A lot of people might be using a template. Yeah. So they don't really get much in the way of design. They get a few colors. But that's so. where you, we get a lot of those phone calls of people yeah. going, I started using a template, but now it's not working because then they start trying to put the content into it. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to smash a, what is it? Square peg around square hole. Yeah. yeah. What am I doing here? I Thank God we're not filming. I'm trying to do something like this. I don't like, know. It's not going in. When I'm doing this, guys, <laughs> right. it's a secret thing. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> that was number four. I'm lost. Number four was only focusing on the design. Let's make up number five. Well, There's a few here. Let's say number five is... Um, I feel like number five is... <laughs> The redirects, which oh. is another huge mistake. Gosh. So the website's like mm. launched basically, or you're in the process of you're creating the new content, yeah. you're creating the new pages, you've got an existing website, you know that there's going to be pages that will no longer exist on the new website. You need to be able to understand that people need to be able to go somewhere because mm. those pages won't exist. That basically means that when you launch a new website without putting any redirects in place, I don't know, I'm Morgan now, I'm just talking to you because I feel like I was just talking to you about this this morning, is that you've got to make sure that your traffic's going somewhere, not a 404, because then that could look like you're spamming to Google and then you're going to be losing a lot of traffic. When you start losing a lot of traffic, your ranking will probably, probably start going down, mm -hmm. which is not a good thing. And people will start seeing your website as kind of, worthless it's not answering their questions and yeah rankings go down yeah. so we don't want that so um obviously there's a couple of ways you can do that i personally because i'm working with this a lot mm -hmm. if we're doing a redesign i'll actually just start a spreadsheet and on one column i've got like existing website urls and then the next column i just have like 
new URLs, like the relevant kind of like where that would go, what is the most relevant to that? Because when you're putting in a redirect, the new page is essentially taking over the old page. So it needs to be as sort of closely mm. matched because mm-hmm. you don't want to send people to always the home page, you know, or always the contact page mm-hmm. because that's just frustrating. So that's really important. So what if your old page had lots of si- like pages on it? Old site yeah. had lots of pages on it. Uh, and you've got, say, three old pages redirecting to one new page. Mm-hmm. Is that a good or a bad thing? It's not necessarily bad, but, like, what I would probably do there is if your old website had, say, the three pages and you can only really see it redirecting to one page, then obviously those three pages have something in common, right? Because you're going to redirect mm. them to one page. So I'd actually create a new page on the new website for the almost like the old content mm. but not and be like, this is a, either a product that we used to sell, this is a service that we used to sell, but we've made it better or there's better technology mm. or there's better something and this is where you should go now, like to the new product or something like that. Mm. Because that way, if people are looking for something specifically, but then you're just taking them to a page without almost any explanation, it could just make them leave. Mm. Um, and then like the more people that are leaving your website after only mm. being on it for a second, that's actually really bad for mm. your rankings. Sends a bad so signal to Google. that's sort of that's like not the right way. There's not only one way to deal with that, but that's just like mm. a recommendation of what I okay. would do. Yeah. Yep. Try to avoid unnecessarily removing content. Yeah, like we did talk a lot about, you know, redoing your site structure. Mm. Not redoing it, but looking into mm. making it better, I suppose. And most of the time, what you've already got is probably working okay. But if you find yourself in a situation where you didn't have, say, an online store before, yeah. but now you're going to have one, which means that there's going to be a lot more pages. Mm-hmm. Or you have an online store, but you're removing a lot of products because you've right. got new products. Then that is something that I would, yeah take into consideration because that that's really going to be affecting it's essentially like a brand new website yeah and then you're telling google like i used to have this website but Mm. now i don't anymore so now i've got this new website and all these new pages and this new urls and all new yeah keywords and stuff so that's probably where your website's going to be the most sensitive to being penalized if you don't take consideration yeah very good advice transferring things over probably so all right, well, does that mean we're up to point six? Yeah, we are. We finally made it. It's been seven hours. Well, I threw one in at the end. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I thought this is, this is, I think, more and more so important. important every day. Mm. Uh, and that's, do not underestimate the importance of the dark side. Sorry, do not underestimate the importance of page load speed and performance. Because we see this. Um, we see this trying to run campaigns for people on their existing websites. Um, and if we do split testing with a lead gen campaign or we send them to their landing page, which really looks like it's geared towards receiving leads, no one signs up. Mm. So that tells us that that page is broken. And why is it broken? Well, because it takes too long to load, um, especially in like an in-app browser, Facebook, all that sort of thing. So um, I think especially talking about Wix, um, other sort of services where they take the burden of needing to know how to hand code your HTML um, Mm. off you by adding additional layers of this, like, all right, cool, well, we'll make it easy. So you can just sort of do what you want and then hit publish and then we'll take care of the rest. It adds layers to it. WordPress can also become very, very bloated if you're just going, well, I'll add this plugin for that thing over there and I'll add this plugin for that thing over there and I'll use this theme over here. 
uh, and then suddenly it's got a hundred different dependencies that all have to load before the page can even render. Mm. You, you need to do a little bit of research when choosing the right platform uh, and just um, you can use online um, page speed tools to try to, uh, I guess, or, and do a lot of research as well um, to find something that is going to be performant. Uh, and that list is, is, is growing shorter every day. So it's just something to bear in mind. If I add one in, do we now just ruin this entire episode? 6A. 6A, which I feel like just tacks on to everything, which is um, because I thought when you were like, this is becoming more and more important every day, I was Mm. like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then you said something else that I didn't think you were going to. Anyway, I like what you said. Um, But (laughs) my point is not creating a marketing funnel at all because we were That's talking in there somewhere this no we did we <laughs> talked <laughs> about it a little bit it's there. i know but we didn't mention four. that we didn't the say first that point four, the- thank you producer morgan morgan's the producer no we haven't talked about this at all morgan's on my payroll <laughs> morgan wants to agree with everything that i say morgan's like no yep. i say point six a <laughs> is not creating a marketing funnel this is so important no, and it kind of does partner onto pretty much all those mm-hmm. points as well but it's like when you're creating the design when you're creating the content when you're doing the page speed all of those things mm. you can only really quantify the usefulness of all of them and also your redesign and also making sure that this redesign matches with mm. your organizational goals whatever goals that you have by at least if you can create a marketing funnel say each kind of section or each kind of page, giving a purpose to each mm. page and then an action or a conversion point that you want your audience to, to go through you and make sure that you actually have the right tracking on there. I feel like this is 601 mistakes but mm. points, but we could go on forever. But um, it's just a way to be able to track and see how people are actually using the website. And that way you can actually make plans of like, okay, how can I improve this? Mm. Is there a better offer? Is there a better language? Can I A-B test a page? Mm-hmm. These kinds of things. Because then, you know, that is also something that we encounter a lot when uh, clients do a brand new website and they're like, okay, great. I want to know how it's actually working for me. Sure. And then we're like, well, you kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It very much um, matches up to the, the setting the goals because you, you want to... Yeah. You want to do the planning up front, know what you want to achieve, and then this is how you ratify it by yeah. looking at the numbers, mm-hmm. basically, and then making decisions. Yeah, the idea of A-B testing is really, really good. Yeah, that's all. I swear I don't have 6B. 6A and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, bonus point. Six no. tips and one bonus mistake. We got it all. But we could actually really go on forever, I think. There's so many mistakes that we see, but these are really the most common ones. Mm. And I guess it's like... It's really protecting yourself and making sure because if you rely solely on your website mm. to bring you customers and business and things like that and you're redesigning a website thinking it's going to be the key to future or increase sales, mm. then how are you going to be able to show that or prove that or plan for that if you don't take these into consideration? So, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Very good. Let us know what you think of my hair no but this episode because you can't see my hair it's pretty much the same as all the time i like morgan's hair today i also like morgan's hair today what did you do combed it it looks good it looks very suave because i've always had my hair (laughs) (laughs) um thank you so much for listening you can uh send us any feedback to podcast at bam.com.au or our facts Mm. 
which is off the train. Actually, we're decommissioning our facts this year. On the new website. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Later. Bye. For more on today's podcast, go to bam.com.au forward slash podcast.